This podcast is recorded and produced on the unceded lands of the Darkinyung people, and I acknowledge them as the traditional owners. You are listening to a special series of Mother Other, The Postpartum Project, with me, Amy Pearson. I am feeling so... Ooh, what's the word? Excited, happy, thrilled... I'm just feeling really hungry for life. Hoping that I don't cry in front of my toddler today. I was so happy. I was on such a high. And that's those hormones, I guess. Honestly, I just want to sleep. That's all I want to do. Follow my journey as I process my own postpartum experiences and chat with loved ones and professionals along the way. Hello and welcome to the first episode in my new series, The Postpartum Project. I wasn't sure how to release this series, whether to wait until season three was complete or not, but I've decided to just get it out into the world sporadically as each episode is pasted together. And there is no better way to begin than with this deeply nourishing and vulnerable combo with my very dear friend Emily the Doula. Emily and I have been in one another's realities for about 10 years now but we've only been close friends for a handful of those. She has been a shining light in my life since my journey into motherhood began, and I don't know how I would have pulled through some of those days without her. As we are such close friends, we talk on the phone regularly, so this conversation gets deep and vulnerable real quick, which I think makes for an incredibly rare gem of an episode. The main topic of conversation here is friendship. We talk the highs and lows of friendships and how they morph and change as we do throughout motherhood. We talk through ways new mums can make friends with other people going through the same experiences and how lonely and isolating motherhood and parenthood can be. We each discuss our own experiences too with the hopes that it helps others who may be struggling. I will add a swearing warning here. If you have little ears around, maybe use headphones or skip this episode until you have some kid-free time. It's a juicy one. Let's dive in. Welcome to Mother Other. Um, I can't believe it's taken me this long to actually have you on the podcast. It's so weird. Um, I think because we, we talk endless... all the time about this, it's like it's like a running yes. conversation anyway. Yes. And that's mm. what I was going to say. Um, every time we have a conversation, I say to you, oh, I wish I was recording this because it's perfect <laughs> for for what I want to share. Mm. Um and it's usually in the realm of what we talk about on the podcast. Mm. So anyway, you're here, we're recording, it's good. Yay. Um, so first I was hoping you would sort of, well, I didn't know how to start. I thought we could go one of two ways. But what would be interesting, I think, is if we explain to people listening how we know each other. So what was mm. your, what is your first memory of how we kind of connected? Okay, one question first. Can I swear in this podcast? <laughs> Absolutely. Because you know I swear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 of course. Okay. Well, my first memory was, so I was working at Loving Earth and you got in touch about the Lush Scoop and we were like providing chocolate for for something you were running. I can't even remember, but I remember thinking, shit, this chick is awesome. Like she's doing this <laughs> magazine, like she's doing this magazine, she's just doing it. And, and I think for me, like seeing you 
being such a go-getter I just I love people like that and I always just I'm like trying to get them in my you know vicinity I'm like oh who is Gather this person them. and so yeah I just I I remember you reaching out and and I guess we weren't really like friends for a long time like no kind of yeah yeah that's what's funny through work mm. and I, I think at that time like I think I didn't instantly think this chick's going to be my friend, which often I do. Like I'm, no. I'm always like yeah. picking out people. You're going to be my friend. You're going to be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But just over time we kept on touching base, which was really nice. Yeah. yeah. And you and- actually got me a job when I moved to Melbourne mm. before Loving Earth. You got mm. me a job with a designer. And oh, that's right. I kind of, yeah. And I kind of almost took that job, but then I said to mm. him, mm. you know what? I deserve more money than this. And yeah. and I felt really guilty saying that, but I remember, and I told you, I remember mm. feeling bad and you were like, good on you. You know mm. what you're worth. And I was mm. like, thank you. Cause I almost took it cause he was lovely, but mm. it just wasn't going cause to be. Cause he had, he had been my boss as well. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it was going to be the yeah. right fit, like fit actually in yeah. retrospect now knowing you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I need to do my own thing. I don't, I mm. really struggle to um, work for other people. Yeah. I can collaborate, but I don't like to be, um, I don't know. I just, I've got too many ideas and yeah. I, I feel like whenever you work for someone, they dismiss your ideas. Maybe it's because mm. I've only ever worked for men really. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what and I've always I, loved about you is that you have your own ideas and you just bloody go after them, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess, um, that's the only reason not no, that sounds really morbid that's one of the main reasons I I love living like that's why I want to live to like follow my paths and mm. my it that's what gets me up every day you know that like mm. oh I can't wait to work on this thing that I'm working on mm. and I, really I think love, that's love such that. I think that's such a big part of our friendship as well is like yes like yeah. we just see that in each other and we're like so excited yes. about like what each other is doing and we're just kind of like always you know, cheering each other sharing on. Sharing that. Mm. Yeah, totally cheerleaders. That's mm. exactly right. Mm. Um, and I feel pretty much the exact same. I didn't really know who you were because you talked to me through Loving Earth mm. at the beginning. So it wasn't really, didn't really have a person mm. figure in mm. my mind. But then we ended up becoming friends. Mm. Well, I went, on my, I went on maternity leave and you kind of took my job at Loving Earth That's right. in a way. Yes, yes. So yes. it's kind of like yes. we were kind of almost like ships in the night because – like yeah. I was just entering motherhood and you hadn't quite yet. And so, No way. I was so far from it then. That's yeah. what's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Because but, we were so close to one another's paths, but you were mm, just that one step ahead. I think mm, maybe two mm, years mm. or a year and a half mm. ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, you had the baby and I caught up <laughs> with you when I was pregnant. Yeah. And that was like the first time that we kind of sat down together and I was yeah. like, hey, I'm pregnant. Let's uh, let's catch up. Mm. Yeah. And, and I remember, I remember we went out for um, breakfast um, and I was yes. pregnant with Jack and you were like yes. really close to giving birth. And that's when I think yes. our relationship like kind of went to the next level because we were yes. like – all of a sudden we were at the same point in our motherhood yeah. journeys, you know, all of a sudden. And we living like, very oh. close as well. Mm, mm. Yeah. I think that's such a huge part of, you know, friendships and motherhood is, you know, like you can have friendships 
all around like people living in different places but if they're not really super close it's really hard mm. because like babies are napping and like you're oh, trying to rest yeah. and like and and if yeah if the schedules don't work out it's so hard to see each other sometimes and totally and even when can... we do live close it's mm. hard but mm. think that understanding which I will come back around to soon mm. um yeah it's so true and um I, uh, just on that topic, I actually mm. have a friend here who's lovely and her partner is very good friends with Jamie, mm. um, but they live at the moment about 30 minutes away and even though this place is quite small, it's very stretched out so you have mm. to drive really far to get anywhere. There's no, I really miss that about Melbourne. You can't just put them in the pram and go for a walk somewhere mm. because there's nowhere to go. It's mm. like suburbia or mm. a bit of bush, but there's mm. no like coffee or mm. whatever it is that you're heading towards. So mm. for us to catch up, we haven't seen each other in, I don't know, maybe three months now. Mm. Um, and we keep trying to, and now COVID, but mm. it's been so tricky because her baby naps at different times and it's just, you know, we both really want to catch up, but it always ends up not working mm. out. So mm. that was so good that we had that closeness mm. when we mm. needed it. You know, I have this memory of that when you um, when we had breakfast that day of you dropped me off and when I got out of the car you said um, hey my friend told me before I gave birth with Jimmy when you're pushing remember I'm huge I'm getting huge <laughs> just think I'm that in your head huge. I'm, I'm huge and I was like what okay and I remember <laughs> thinking like oh thanks and like what the hell is she talking, she talking about, about? <laughs> And then I actually gave birth and I was like, oh, I get it now. It all I'm makes huge, sense. I'm huge. And it's so funny because I say that to so like so many people that I see and I, I know <laughs> they're going to be giving birth soon and I'm like, should I say it? Should I say it? I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to say it. And I'm like, so. Yeah. And then and, and I just tell them and I think, yeah, I think we pick up these little bits of wisdom when it comes to birth and it's like it you've got to pass it on. Yeah, you got to. And it really helped me. And <laughs> especially the second time in retrospect, because the first time I, it helped, but I was also out of it the first mm. time. But the second time I was so present and I was so ready. And as soon as that baby came down, I was like, I'm huge. I'm doing this. I can yeah. freaking do this. <laughs> and it just, it just worked. It just happened. Oh, I love that. I'm <laughs> so, so glad it helped you. <laughs> tell me about, tell listeners and me, even though I've heard this story about your first birth. Talk to me about it. You don't need to go into great detail. Just give me a few little explanations mm. of how that worked out for you. Well, I think I I was really prepared and really excited. Um, I had always heard amazing birth stories from like my mum. My mum gave birth to me and my twin sister vaginally and um, she was always so like blasé about it. Like, yeah, it was fine. It was great, you know. And like from my sister-in-law and, you know, like I'd heard good, good stories. I was super prepared and um, yeah, I like, it was pretty long labor, but I, I think I had prepared myself for like, you know, like a 40 hour labor. So <laughs> I was like, this is fine. Yeah. This is fine. Um, and yeah, I had an amazing water birth. Um, I really loved pushing it was just like the greatest feeling to finally be able to push after, you know, surrendering for so many hours. Mm. Um, and I was laughing when I pushed my first baby out, you know, like I was just wow. so happy and excited. And you know what? Yeah. I feel like that water has so much to say for mm. good births. 
Mm. Because my birth was, my first birth was not like that. Mm. But my second birth, I know second births are easier too, but it really mm. was just like, oh, okay. Well, I, that was I mean, it. Like, yeah, I think for me, heat has always helped me with any kind of pain. You know, I always have a hot water bottle yeah. on me. Um, and mm-hmm. I just knew that being in water would be amazing. And I, and I had always had this idea that I wanted to have water births ever since my cousin had, had her first baby, probably, I would say maybe like 20 years ago, we went to see her in a, um, and she had showed me the birth pool where she had birthed. And I was like, wow, like I thought that was so cool. And I think <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. I've had it in my mind ever since then that I wanted this water birth. And I wasn't supposed to at the hospital I birthed in, but mm, I had awesome advice who were like, yeah, yeah you we're were doing lucky. it. We're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's really cool. Yeah. So I had a beautiful birth. Um, the only unfortunate thing was that I had gestational diabetes which I hadn't even tested for. I just did the fasting test. So even through that, they diagnosed me, which is, yeah, unfortunate. So they had to like do the heel prick tests and stuff like that, which was just kind of horrific, really. Like I, it really was a horrible kind of experience for me and my husband, um, Tom. So yeah, that's the only Mm. part really of that first, you know, like, 24 hours that was really horrible for us but other than that it was amazing I I just felt Mm. so good like I I got the birth that I really wanted and yeah I loved it I was just obsessed I was obsessed Mm. already already where did you where did you get a lot of your information about preparing because you said you were really prepared Mm. how did you know how to prepare and I think really uh like I did a calm birth course and things like that but I think really like it had just been in the years prior I think I had studied nutrition and I was kind of on this path of like learning about myself and looking after myself Mm. um and then the year before that's another way that mm, we kind of connected to I think mm, mm, that whole wellness I know it sounds like silly now saying that mm, word with mm, all mm, the mm. from either side there's a lot Mm. of you know Mm, badness that comes with that but yeah but that was kind of yeah and it was food as well you know like cooking yes and experimenting with like nutritious food which is how what I really Mm. got out of the whole you know wellness thing yes Um, me too (laughs) yeah Like it wasn't so much the, you know, like essential oils and spiritual kind of side of it. It was more like just like taking good care of myself through food. Um, And that really. And being conscious, I think. Mm, mm. And in tune with your body and, you know, basic stuff. Totally. In tune with your body, I think, what what it was. And then the year before I got pregnant, I, I had been taking on like heaps of work and like just, I was just in a really go, go, go kind of time of my life. And Mm. I spent a whole year, I said at the start of the year, I'm just going to spend a whole year saying no to things basically, Mm. (laughs) which was like, you know, the opposite of what I had done the year before. And, and I really slowed down. I, I just started, I only said yes to things that felt really good in my body. And, um, and yeah, I think that really kind of helped me kind of prepare for like going more internal and like, just listening to myself and what I really wanted. And I just got really clear on like uh, how I wanted to move forward into like that next kind of stage of life. 
Not that mm. it necessarily turned out how I imagined, but yeah. in preparing for pregnancy, I was really intentional about that. Yeah. And I just love, I love researching. Like I love, yeah. I'm such Me a too. birth nerd. Yeah. Like I, I used to watch like brain surgery videos on YouTube. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I can't do that. I, know, I can't do but, that. I'm too grossed out. Ah, uh, yeah. <gasps> I know. Well, I don't get squeamish with anything like that at all. I'm just like, wow. wow so, that's so cool. <laughs> Even Grey's Anatomy when I'm watching that, I love that show, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I got to turn oh, away. Oh my gosh. I love I it. Know. My eyes just widen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So you had a great birth. You were very prepared. You're like mm. fully embodied in that mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you're obviously on the right path. Mm. But I know from your story and from being mm. friends with you that you didn't have a great postpartum for the first mm. time. So just talk a little bit about your postpartum experience first mm. um, and what it was like for you and then I'll ask you some more questions. Mm. Well, it was the classic really, you know, like get home from the hospital put your baby down and then we kind of sat there going okay what do we do like what do we do (laughs) and uh I was not prepared for postpartum I was prepared in the sense that I had bought a chest freezer I had filled it with meals I had done that that's good at least yeah Yeah. so that helped but Mm. uh feeding went off started off well and then it went downhill over the coming months until we found out, you know, that my son had a tongue tie and lip tie and it was just a constant battle. But also that kind of culminated with the three month, you know, um, change in um, sleep patterns with a baby. So it was like the feeding mm. issues, the sleeping issues kind of like crashed at three months together. Right. Yeah. And I think also, you know, like my friends, one of them had a baby and everyone else was working Monday to Friday, you know, like even yeah. I had a couple of good friends that, you know, I could really talk to, but life was so different at that point. You know, mm. everyone was still kind of going out and partying and all that kind of stuff and different um, seasons, completely different seasons. Mm. Yeah. But Monday to Friday, like even, even when you've got the people that understand at that point, you're alone, if they're working Monday to Friday, that's when you really need the support. It's like, if yep. your partner is at work and you're at home Monday to Friday, you know what like that's like. It's like you're in mm. these four walls and it feels like a fucking jail. It's like. Mm. And you know what? COVID has kind of given people that experience mm. except that they have their family there with them, which can mm. be in itself another pain point mm. because it's it's hard being around people all the time. Mm. But I think unless you've been in that, being alone for five days a week with a newborn that Mm. you don't know how to look Mm. after Mm. that's crying and you don't know why they're crying and Mm. you're trying everything and Mm. you like be alone with a baby for a few hours crying and you'll go insane Mm. a lot Mm. like with that Mm. alone because you Mm. can't fix the problem but I think yeah that that whole mum connection thing it's like there's only certain people that really understand that feeling and that experience Mm. you talk to me about how you had postnatal anxiety yeah so I think it kind of happened, yeah, I think, hmm, I would say between like two or three months, like we weren't getting sleep, my husband was at work, Mm. my baby was the kind of baby you needed to rock to sleep, you'd put him down, he'd sleep for 20, 30 minutes, he'd be awake again, I'd try and rock him to sleep again, and you just like, Mm. that continued for, you know, the 10, 12 hours that my partner was out of the house. 
And so literally exactly what happened with Dory. Yeah. Exactly the same. And yeah. he had a tongue tie. And <laughs> and it was horrific. Like I would, you know, you get to a point, you know, mid afternoon, early morning, who knows when it's going to be. And it's like, I would call my husband. I could barely like breathe or talk. And he would instantly, I remember him asking me is, is Jimmy okay? Like, is he okay? Like thinking something had mm. happened and I would be like, mm. yeah, like I would be able to say yes, but then just cry and cry and cry on the phone. Yeah. And, and like, we had no idea what we were doing, you know, like he had, he was trying to best support me, but he really had no idea either. Um, mm. And, and then I, I think, yeah, you know, the classic like nighttime lying in bed, you could hear your baby kind of, shuffling around next to you and you'd be trying to sleep but couldn't sleep and then I I remember this one night I was lying in bed and I was paralyzed like I couldn't move my body and all the fears about like everything around being a parent my baby dying like something could happen Mm. to him why I wasn't sleeping you know Mm. sleeping on your tummy like he can't go to sleep on his own everything kind of was rushing over my body and I just like I couldn't move and I was paralyzed and I remember mm. I spoke to a friend, um, I spoke to a friend a few days after that and she was like, oh, it sounds like you had um, an anxiety attack. And I was like, what? Mm. And, she, and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe that was. And mm. I was so deep in it at that point. And luckily she kind of heard me at that point and I booked an appointment with the doctor but it got to the point where in the in the past, like, you know, weeks before that, I'd be like trying to go out for a walk and I'd get to like the front lawn. And I remember my mum being there and and we were like trying to go out and I and I just stopped her and I was like, I don't think we should go. I don't think we should go. Like I couldn't leave. Oh I was God. like, I need so to get relatable. him back to bed. Like we're gonna get we're gonna get to the coffee place and then I'm and then he's gonna need to sleep and he's like, gonna be tired. Just all those yep, worries. Yep, yep. And it's just like yeah. Everything was constantly running through your mind and I was so disconnected from my body at that point. It was yeah. just like all in my head, what should be happening, what isn't happening. And it was just yeah. kind of paralyzing. So I really was kind of stuck in the house trying to get my baby to sleep and, yeah. and trying to get him to feed. And that was about it. And it, and it felt horrific. It was nothing yeah. like I imagined it was going to be. Mm. Yeah. That is so relatable hearing you tell that story. And I've heard you tell it before, but just really Mm. taking it in again, I'm thinking, I think also in comparison to this baby for me, who's been a lot easier and I'm a lot more relaxed into this experience now, but it's very much the same experience I had with Dory. And interestingly though, for me, as you know, I have agoraphobia and Mm. a lot of people think that's like the Hollywood thing where you can never leave the house but Mm. that's a one way it manifests most Mm. of the time I'm fine it's only Mm. when there's a certain trigger in my life and that was definitely what happened after Dory was born I Mm. I couldn't leave the house very much and Mm. when I did it was like very difficult Mm. and there was a lot going on internally and the Mm. other thing I was thinking as you were telling me that story is whenever I would see you and I know that was a lot later so you'd probably gotten a lot better by then or felt Mm. a lot better by then um Mm. I you always seemed very relaxed in motherhood it always (laughs) seemed from the outside like you had it all like not you had it all together Mm. like this picture perfect life but Mm. you had fully surrendered and were like Mm. it was just really joyful to see you as a mum, and it still is but I think that says something about the way 
we sort of put on this brave face for society mm. and people think that, I don't know, people always would say to me, what? Like, you seem like you're doing great. You mm. seem like blah, 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 whenever mm. anyone hears about my issues. Mm. And the truth is that as if you're really going to explain that to people that you don't know very well mm. and as if you're going to want to wear that on your face, mm. you know, you want to sort of, and I think that's the expectations as well. Like you want to seem like you've got it all together. And that's mm. one of the reasons I didn't want to leave the house. I don't want everyone seeing me with this screaming baby mm. and not knowing how to comfort mm. it. It's really stressful. Mm. So in talking about all of that stuff, mm. um, I really wanted to delve into friendships with you because I know that as we have formed this strong connection, we've had so many experiences that are similar. We just talked about how that came to be. Um, but I think had we not had kids, we probably may not have had this friendship. Mm. So um, I also felt quite isolated when I first had Dory, um, mm. other than a few very close friends who stayed in touch. But um, it definitely changed our relationships. And mm. I wonder for you that sort of first stage of loneliness that you felt when you mm. were alone in those four walls for five days a week, um, how did your friendships go outside of motherhood friendships? And I know you said you had a few good friends that stayed in touch and especially that one friend that helped you through that anxiety sort of experience. Mm. But, you know, we have a lot of friends before we have kids. That's mm. sort of, well, most people do anyway. And I really felt like I had a lot of friends before I had kids. And now three years into it, I think a lot of people probably think, that I'm not making an effort with them because I haven't been, I guess. Mm. But um, it's because it's so difficult to find the time. Mm. And also I think there's an element for me of um, they won't want to hear about what I have to say because all I do is I'm like, you know, that comes back to the whole podcast reasoning. It's like mm. I'm just a mum. Mm. I don't want people to see me that way and I feel I guess part of it is a bit of like, worry that I won't be interesting anymore um mm, mm, I'm on a bit of a tangent here a, it, no that is such a common thing and I've heard it a few times and it's interesting I think I've really enjoyed becoming a parent for the second time and then speaking with people who have had their first baby because I think it's such a huge shift um yeah and I hear it a lot and I remember it and I remember you kind of try and you know hold on to who you were before and and mm. feel like you're not like interesting anymore but the thing is it takes time to realize that you become interesting in a different way and you bring something completely different to mm. the world or it's like mm. yeah and I think I mean that's we we know that that's such a huge part of becoming a parent is letting go of who you were before and yeah and the stopping of trying to get back to that person because that person's gone mm. you know like you've yeah. a new person 100%. completely um yeah. and yeah I definitely did there like it was interesting there were a few relationship changes for sure um and I think it's different personalities and and it's for me it wasn't necessarily you know the people I went partying with or the people who I knew through work or whatever it was I think it was more just the different kinds of people you know like one of my very best friends doesn't have children, but she is a mother, you know. She yes. has that mother. You're talking archetype. about Joe, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. I knew immediately. <laughs> yeah. And so she stuck by me 
more yeah, than anyone else. Yeah, she's a else. great person. Yeah, and she yeah. and and like I say, I always say with my second baby, like she was my doula, you know, unofficial yeah. doula. She she turned up with like food. She would always turn up with a like a packet of biscuits on like those really shit days when yeah. I would say, you know, I haven't had sleep. And she'd play with mm. my kids, you know, like someone, another parent coming and like entertaining your kids when you've been up all night is just like yeah. invaluable. Like, and yeah. it brings kind of that joy back to like just like seeing someone else enjoy your kids. Yeah. It's such it's a really comforting, thing. isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. like other people it's... love them. It's not all on me, you know? Yeah. Mm. And that's another thing I think is like, and also I have a friend like that who is Tilly. She's mm. my best friend and she's mm. she's definitely a mother in that way. She's mm. always been very mothering towards me and just a very caring um, and per- someone that always sort of like nails it with what I need when I need it and all of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, it, there's definitely people that sort of surpass that need to have children to be able to support you. Um, so yeah. I don't think it's um, – and there's been such an interesting talk about this on Instagram lately. You may have seen a few people posting about the mm. maiden and the mother yeah. um, and the friendships that we need and it, yeah. it becomes a bit complicated because, of course, gender comes into it and all of that. Mm. But I think um, – oh, I forget what I was – what my train of thought was now. Um, mm. um, um, yeah, I, I saw that post and it, and it really – I mean, I instantly saw it and I saw a lot of people sharing it, but – I know when I see things like that on Instagram, if it sits right, because I can feel it in my body, I'm like, and it just yes. instantly felt like, ugh, like it wasn't quite right. Because it was talking about maidens, you know, having nothing oh, to I do re- yeah. and things like that. And, and I yes, just felt, yes. what the fuck? Like we had so yeah, much to yeah. do before kids, you know. Exactly. But, I, but I, and- think, I, I, I think I did hear someone else talk about it and they were talking about actually I think who those people are, are teenagers you know like younger younger people at that stage and that's kind of who I really was when I was a teenager I you know nannied so many families looked after so many babies and I Mm. I feel like at that stage I was that maiden and I cared for so many families back then you know Mm. it was my Mm. my first um I worked in a bakery but but after that (laughs) you know it was my first job and and it was for years and I and I think that's what kind of made me fall in love with babies and families and yeah right mm. I think also like everybody's just so different some people just aren't interested in kids some people mm, and I think mm. what you were saying that's right what you were saying about friends and mm. I think that's another fear of mine is that I feel like there's all these different versions of me now like my children are part mm. of me and they mm. are separate from me but they are me and so mm. I especially at this stage in life when they're so little and so mm. I guess I worry about people not wanting to be around these new versions of me. And I Mm. I feel, I don't know, like I I think they are wonderful Mm. and Mm. incredible Mm. beings, obviously, Mm. but I feel like I don't want to put that onto other people. So Mm. I get, I don't know, I overthink everything Mm. in life, (laughs) but I think it just, it makes it so difficult to, I don't know, connect with, people from the past and mm. I really miss so many people from mm. the past there's so mm. many friends that I think of and I go oh man I I loved hanging out with that person I really miss that person but mm. I wonder they probably don't feel like that about me now because I'm this whole different person now and I've got this whole different life now and I can't do the things I did with them before mm. and 
Mm. But I, know, I also, just get I also, so I mean, I think we also get in our heads about these kind of things, you know. Yeah. And I've yeah. reconnected with people that I've thought with that thought about that in the past, and you know, like often they've changed a lot over that time, whether they yeah, have kids course. or not. Yeah. You know, it's been years, yeah. and I think sometimes those people do want to connect, but maybe they feel yeah. alienated they from how. you and your journey yeah. as a parent. So yeah, it's true. It's true. I only know my own experience, I guess. Mm, mm. I I remember when my friends in Melbourne started having kids and as you probably know, most of my friends have been much older than me. I'm not mm. sure why that is. Mm. Most of my closest friends in life, especially since I became an adult, have been much older than me. Um mm. and so a lot of my friends started having kids when I was 25 26 and they Mm. were closer to 30 35 you know Mm. um and I remember feeling oh I want to I want to have kids I want to have kids because they're having kids I'm ready now I'm ready now like Mm. I really wanted to be a mum um Mm. and I did worry about like I say on the podcast that huge identity thing because Mm. I I wasn't sure how I could do everything I wanted Mm. to do at the same time Mm. but I remember wanting to fit in with Mm. friends who had kids, Mm. which I don't think a lot of people would feel. Mm. You know, I think a lot of people would think, oh, thank God I don't have kids right now because it's (laughs) bloody hard work. But, And I remember my friends saying to me, don't rush, you've got so much time, Mm. please Mm. enjoy your time now. And I would be like, no, but I want to enjoy my time as a mom now. Mm. Um, Anyway, there's, there's a lot of different sort of, I don't know, feelings and thoughts that come about with friends. But I think... In terms of your friendship groups and your lasting friendships, mm. how many have survived this parenting journey, do you think? Um, well, I have a great bunch of uh, women from New Zealand that have been, you know, friends with me since, you know, early teens, teenage kind of years, and will always connect. And slowly they've had babies themselves, themselves but not all of them. Um, so they've lasted, but I think, you know, those kind of relationships are special in themselves. They kind of last through anything. Yes. Um, and then a few more, I think, I think for me as well, like I've always been one of those people that like want to gather all the people, but as I get older, I realize I just need a few special friendships, you know, the ones. It's very draining doing Mm. that, isn't it? Mm. You Mm. want to be friends with a lot of people Mm. and I find that too, Mm. but you don't mm. have enough time, especially as a parent, to continue yeah. cultivating the friendships. Yeah. And I think as humans, we don't really have the capacity to have more than, yeah. you know, a couple of really close, close friendships. It's like mm. you spread yourself too thin, I think. And yeah, um, yeah. we don't have much <laughs> time to put a lot yeah. into this. I mean, but I really, uh, but one thing I have realized actually the past few years I think since having my second baby and kind of feeling like I'm starting to figure out how I mother, how I um, hold all of this and am able to kind of uh, do things for myself and create these relationships, I realized that you actually don't need a lot of time. And I think we really, coming from before kids, I feel like we we felt like we, I think we often feel like we have to put a lot of time and effort into friendships, but I think it's more just, I think it's being vulnerable with people and that can take yeah. a minute and that can take a five minute That's, conversation, you know? And I think it's more yeah. the depth rather than the amount of yes. time and effort, effort you can put into it. 
It's and being think, real when you have the time. Mm, and I think that's than, how we yeah. became really great yes. friends is that we were open and vulnerable from the beginning of our mm-hmm. parenthood, you know, friendship. It's yeah. like we were able to say how hard it was. Yeah. And, and just, listen to each other and mm, not judge. Mm, mm. I didn't really have that um, with a lot of people. I think mm. that's probably why I connected to you so quickly. Mm. I had that with a few friends like Hannah and oh I don't know I can't think now I'm probably leaving some really important people off the list there but um and I have a few close friends um similar to you where I they're from my hometown originally um Mm. just a couple um and we have a group chat but and so you can sort of dip in and out and there's no expectations Mm. that we have to Mm. talk every day and we can stay connected without Mm. seeing each other for a year or however long it is. I mean, that is vital in in a relationship once you become a parent. Like, yes. Like Mm. I haven't forgotten about you and you know that about them Mm. and they know that Mm. about you and there's Mm. no expectation. Like my friend up here who I said, I haven't seen her in three months. We live very close, but we'll still like slot back into each other's lives as soon as we see each other and the Mm. conversation will, you know, there's Mm. no concern that we've lost touch because we haven't, you know. Mm. Mm. you have to be really brave to bring that level of vulnerability especially at the start of new new relationships and I think when we have kids there are a lot of new relationships and I always liken it to dating like you have to kind of like get ready and like put yourself (laughs) out there a bit if you want to create those really deep meaningful new relationships and I think one one thing I really remember when I'd had my first baby like we I was lucky that my my mother's group really stuck together. I think only one person dropped out and we started like inviting each other around to each other's houses, which then progressed to like having a gin on a Friday afternoon while the kids played. Mm. But right at the beginning, we set up a WhatsApp group and I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to tell everyone how it really is at my house right now. And I just kind of like, like told it exactly how it was and how I was struggling and then mm. I think just opened the door up for everyone else to be really vulnerable. And and five years later, we still speak every couple of days on our WhatsApp mm. group. That's never stopped. That's you so know. good. And I you think got lucky with your mother's I group, really I think, as well. Yeah. yeah, I got really a lucky. A few people I know, mm. like a very, very select few people I know got really lucky with mm. mother's group. Mm. But honestly, majority of the people that yeah. I'm friends with or I've spoken to on the podcast have said. It doesn't work out. I was a mother's group dropout. Like it didn't mm. work for mm. me. And, well, it's um, a, it is a really hard time. Like six weeks into having yeah. a baby, you're just like wobbly and all over the show. Like to then go yeah. and make friends is like holy shit how am I gonna keep yeah. this up yeah but yeah yeah and but but then I also think you know once you do kind of find your feet a few months down the track six months down the track and I think at that point you still need to like really put the effort in if you want to make these friendships mm. because they don't just come to you because everyone's so busy everyone's so tired you mm. know and I, and yeah. I always recommend people like if you see someone that looks cool at the playground or, at, you know, while you're waiting for your coffee, just say hey and, like, you never know, mm. like, where that person's at. And often, you know, I'll say, oh, my totally. gosh, like, you know, if your kid's running around being, like, you know, nuts, it's like yeah. <laughs> you can connect over these things or if, yeah. you know, like it might be over how tired you are or how little sleep you've mm. had or whatever. And, and just, like, opening up to people, even strangers can, like, 
even if you don't become friends, it's like that connection. And for me, like connection It just makes you feel a little bit more yeah. validated yeah. as well. Totally. It's like... That's actually good advice for me. Mm. I am really terrible at this. I think you're much better at this than I am. And you're probably mm. a little bit more extroverted than me. Yeah. I mean, it's in of, my nature anyway. Yeah. But I, I really, I mean, I can be vulnerable, as you know, mm. with someone that I have some connection with already. Mm. And that trust. Yes. Mm. I have a huge fear around, mm. um, and I, I guess it's to do with it being an introvert. It's also to do with anxiety probably, mm. but um, mm. going up to a stranger, poof, mm. worst nightmare. And maybe that's why mother's <laughs> group was so hard for me because yeah. I felt so judged by this group of strangers and I, my baby was crying. Their babies mm. weren't crying so much. Mm. Dory, as you know. Like Jimmy was a very mm. colicky oh or troubled, troubled baby, so it just immediately <laughs> yeah. made me feel like, yeah, um, I'm out. This mm. isn't, you know, and mm. and so it's good to probably give our listeners um, advice on that because there may be people who are struggling with that. And I just had the thought of how different it is now than it was for us because of COVID. You know, mm. mothers groups aren't even happening mm. now. It's mm. all. I think it's online if it even exists mm. at all. Mm. And imagine how awkward that would be, like mm. Zooming strangers for the first time mm. as mm. a group. And that's when I'd really just recommend, like, if you want these friendships and you want to create that community that you're craving, even though it seems so fucking hard, you mm. have to put yourself out there. And it and it might just be for that one one friendship that might pull you through motherhood you yeah know? and yeah. it is worth it like if if you really think about what you're looking for rather than how you're feeling in the moment it's like okay it is really hard and scary but if you're like looking forward to like that person that mm. you can share how you're really feeling and how good that will feel and how supported that yeah. will make you feel so you're not just relying but- on your partner it's no, like, you can't rely on your partner. You yeah. can't at all, I think. Yeah. That has to be said. Like the, yeah. there's just you can have the best friendship and you and I, mm. like, that was another topic mm. I thought we might do, but mm. we, we're, I'm not going to have enough time for the episode because mm. we could talk about all of these topics mm. really. But, mm. but yes, that's one thing you and I have discussed a lot, which is that we both have these relationships where we have such a strong friendship with our partner that mm. we can fall back on that when there's mm. no sex and oh, there's no yeah. whatever because – You've got no time or you're mm. healing or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You've always or got that. you're fucking to... tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're losing your mind. But mm. you can actually, you know, I don't think a lot of people would have that in their relationship. Not everybody would anyway. And so mm. I think it's worth noting that you literally can't rely on your partner mm. for friendship. It's not fair. You need... I mean, yeah, it's too much for them and it's too much for you as well. Yeah. And, like, kids or not, like, you're – partner does not make a village like they might be the supportive person who does the dishes you know puts the kids to bed all of this but yeah but it's it's not fair on either of you to just no yeah think that that's enough you know yeah and I actually my partner's very introverted and he he needs a bit of a push to make an Mm. effort with his friends sometimes too because he kind of forgets and I think Mm, that's mm, a male mm, thing too mm. maybe yeah but I'm always like, hey, uh, have you spoken to this person lately? Mm. Not because I want to know what he's mm. talking about. I'm not interested, to be honest. Well, you but want I'm him just to be supported outside exactly, of you as well. I, exactly, yeah. Mm. I want him to have those connections mm. to be able to because it, it makes me feel so good to have a chat on the phone with you or with Tilly mm. or with my sister mm. or whoever mm. it is that week 
it's mm. like when I have that 20 minute, sometimes five minute conversation, yeah. I can really get pulled out of my head and pulled oh. out of that space it's amazing of like, what can I'm do. suffering mm. in motherhood. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just to get that off your chest is just going to be like, mm. it can turn your whole day around, you know? You can Absolutely, be like yeah. kind of drowning in it. And it's like that conversation yeah. where you can just get it all out. Someone's going to listen and like mm. actually gives a shit and like can meet you. There yeah, yeah, I yeah. know exactly how you're feeling. It's like that yeah. just like pulls you through and gets you to the next Or even day, just you know? to laugh at how silly it is. Like yeah, yeah. yesterday, my partner was FaceTiming with one of our good friends who's pretty much his best mate. And he, he was like showing him around the house like oh when you have two kids this is your laundry and it's like mm. the lounge room like covered in clothes piles yeah. and piles of clothes and it's like yeah. just being able to be um I guess vulnerable and also mm. um what's the word I'm looking for um oh humility have humility mm. like you know, like laugh at yourself and be mm. open enough to mm. say, mm. I don't care if you see my house looking yeah. like shit. Like it's, oh my it's gosh. kind of funny. That has been one of the things for me lately. Well, you know, in between COVID lockdown times, when I've been to people's houses and they haven't cleaned the place up before I get there, that makes me yeah. feel so good. Like oh, that, totally. that level of vulnerability just in your house mm. is like, it shows people yeah. that, hey, like I trust you like enough yeah. to come in here and see me as I am and yeah and when someone yeah. that does that for you it 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 then means when you invite them to your house you don't have to clean up either it's yes like, yes you, it's like, I think we both have that I am. yeah yeah exactly yeah. and I, yeah. I love that like that makes me feel you know close to someone yeah and I think mm-hmm. I have that real issue of perfectionist personality type where I have to like apologize oh sorry about this and no sorry this is a mess and blah 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 Mm. I find that I even do that with my sister and my parents it's ridiculous (laughs) and they'll be like it's fine it's not even that bad (laughs) and I'm really trying to let go of that but Mm. I'll never forget and I should mention these people because they were a very big support for me but Mm. I did have that mother's group that I actually this is probably Mm. good advice for people listening I cultivated my own mother's group on mm. Facebook. Um, I remember seeing I, this we, happening and thinking, shit, yeah, yes. she's doing it. Yeah, mm. we were both, Emily and I were both in a group on Facebook for the area that we lived in with heaps mm. of mums in it. And I just said, look, I'm due this mm. month, wondering if there's anyone else due this month because mm. I wanted to sort of find someone to be able mm. to connect with. Mm. And we ended up getting a group together of about eight women mm. and Man, they, we still chat now mm. occasionally on, mm. on WhatsApp. They still catch up sometimes down there and I'm very jealous that I'm not mm. there. But I'll never forget one of my friends from that group, Genevieve. She, in, uh, I think I was walking by and I dropped in and I never usually do that to people but mm. because I hate it done to me. But I was like, <laughs> are you busy? It's fine mm. if you're busy. And she invited me in and her house for the first time because she always had a perfect house. Mm. Every time I went to her house, it was mm. like sparkling clean. Mm. I've been and to her perfect a, house. <laughs> yes. And it was a bit untidy. Mm. And I felt, and she said like, she was in her pajamas and she said like, welcome to the house. It's a mess or something. Mm. And I just felt so like I could breathe a breath of fresh air. It was mm. like, oh, I love okay, that. now I don't feel, yeah, it just was so validating because mm. she was someone that I thought had nailed, mm. like nailed life. Like she never mm. has a messy house. Mm. And and most of that is true, but mm. it was just, 
I don't know. It was so validating and I felt so much closer to her. Mm-hmm. You know, she gave me a kombucha that she'd homebrewed and we mm-hmm. sat out on the grass and drank it together while the kids played and it was just the oh. m- nicest moment. And Love it. thanks for that, Genevieve, if you ever listen to this. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's so you know true. I think, about- I think for me, like um, bringing this kind of whole thing into social media, I think like I've always, always, always shared like what's going on at my house and my parenting and my kids yes. and stuff. And, and, you know, I've really battled with, do I share my kids on social media or not? But mm, for me, yeah. sharing the reality of it has what I think makes me feel closer to other people. And I, I hope has helped them feel closer to me because, you know, for example, the other day I shared a photo of my kids <laughs> lying on the ground, drinking water out of a puddle and like, you know, <laughs> like just, you know, how messy the house is or, you know, like my kids covered in crap and like stuff all over the floor. And it's like, I mean, you have two toddlers, (laughs) Mm. Yeah, you know, like that's to be expected. Yeah. But, but I think, you know, just sharing like a bit of your life, if it is on social media and if you feel comfortable with Mm. that, you know, that can help people feel closer to you as well. Mm. Yeah. And it can do the same exact thing. Yeah, we were just saying about that breath of fresh air. Like Mm. just seeing something real sometimes can be quite validating. Mm. Yeah. When, especially on social media, when there's that picture perfect mummy stuff going on all the time, which I'm just like, oh, I can't deal with it. Unfollow it. Unfollow it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just not true. You know, like, yeah, I'm sure picture perfect parents. You know, we're all a bit fucked up in different ways and our houses are messy and our kids are just kids doing what kids do. I mean, you can't not have a messy house sometimes. Mm. That's that's the reality of it. (laughs) It's impossible. No way. um, I literally had like... piles more questions to ask you but um we're not going to have enough time maybe we'll do mm. another one soon um mm, mm, mm. but before we leave i just wanted to ask you to share resources for birth postpartum and meal prep three Ooh, things birth resources. postpartum and meal prep i think for birth i would say listen to stories of birth and like Australian the, birth stories? Yeah, I would say, yeah, definitely Australian birth stories. But speaking to people in real life and asking them about yes. their births, I think it's such a valuable thing sharing stories, whether they turned out how how they wanted them to or not, you know, but just mm. understanding that birth is like a part of life and it unfolds the way it does. And I think just talking about it can make you feel like a bit more in your body about like what you're actually going to do and yeah yeah and just taking away that fear from it a bit um Mm. I think for me personally as an anxious person listening to negative birth stories really impacted my um preparation for birth the first time around Mm. and the second time around and I think it's important to know what can go wrong and how things can pan out differently to the way you want Mm. but I think just being mindful of like how much of that you're taking in because Mm. I heard a lot of stories about things like stillbirth Mm. um, and really really triggered me and it really Mm. it really made me anxious Um, Mm. and I felt like I couldn't relax about my baby until it was born but you know what there's always going to be things that are going to Mm. worry you about parenthood and Mm. you're always going to be worried about something happening to your baby as well so I think maybe 
definitely what you said, listen to birth stories and understand birth, but also just yeah. be mindful of how much of the negative stuff you're taking in. Yeah, and just protecting yourself. Yes, protecting yeah, if yourself. If That's what I'm trying to say. Good, yeah. If it's not feeling good, then you need to kind of yeah, just refocus on what's going to work for you. Yeah. Postpartum? I think postpartum, it's not really a resource, but I think really to prepare you, I think the best thing is to start asking for help and and in doing so building your village you know deepening mm. those connections and I say that I say to people that I work with and, and anyone I know having a baby really is like during pregnancy people want to help you and they're always offering help so start accepting the help then whether you need it or not you know if someone's coming around yeah. ask them to pick up some milk even though you might not need it desperately yeah. or you are going to go to the yeah. supermarket later it's like just ask them because then you're stretching that muscle of how yeah. to ask for help and then people oh that relationship changes in the sense that they they're helping they know to ask if you need help and and so by the time you actually get to postpartum you've built that into your relationship already and so I'd and say you're do not that. anxious do about it or mm, mm, mm. and you're not yeah. feeling like you're putting them out it's like you already have yeah. that in your relationship before you get yeah. to postpartum times. Yeah. Mm. Um, and of course, meal prep is something else because mm. I know that you and I are both pretty aware of this stuff, but a lot of people wouldn't think of it and a lot of people wouldn't know, I don't know, just all the stuff we know about mm, food. So I was, what I was s- just, I was just talking to Tom about this the other day and I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, like I was just talking to someone and like, there's no meals in their freezer. Like, there's no meals in their mm. freezer. And to me, it's like alarming. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, like I yeah. had made like a hundred bliss balls for myself each time. And yeah. like, you know, had like 25 yeah. meals or whatever it was. Yeah. So yeah, definitely start freezing stuff. We got um, a chest freezer before my first baby and that has served us so well ever since, you know. Yeah. I think it's meal prep and freezing meals is not just for your immediate postpartum. Once you have kids... You should be doing that all the time because like, yes, it's always hard to get meals on the table every night of the week. It's the most stressful kids. part yeah. of the day for me and I mm. love cooking and it's like, mm. oh, two mm. o'clock and I'm already like, oh, shit, dinner yeah. soon. Yeah. What am I going to do? And, yeah. and for me, like the workaround for that, if I haven't got something in the freezer, I I have to pre- start preparing like at like 9 a.m. Like I'll get out the oven tray yeah. and I'll like chuck a few potatoes yes. and a piece of pumpkin in. So I'm like, my mind's already thinking yeah. about what we're going to eat. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. yeah, I think a chest freezer, if you can afford it, we just got one second hand, but that like was a game changer for us because it made me want to fill it up. <laughs> oh my gosh, look at her. <laughs> She's so chunky, huh? Oh, you're making big and beautiful. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. Oh, there's just no way. Hang on. Um, So, yeah, I'm obviously going to have to go. My 40 minutes of putting her in the carrier has ended. I think that we did Um, pretty well, yeah. I think we did too. Um, I wonder if I can get her to stop crying for one second. Thank you so much for taking time to chat with me. Like, I know we do all the time anyway, but... Mm. Especially because it's your birthday. Hello, yeah, but this, it's this your birthday. Like this is the perfect lockdown birthday treat. Talking to you. 
Yeah, yeah it's been fun. It's been really fun. Mm. I can't wait to share this with people because I think it's going to be really mm. like comforting and validating for a lot of mm. people, but also helpful for people mm. about to go through. Mm. And just get them thinking about it. So they're just really think, like putting themselves in like postpartum, like, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> this is what it might mm-hmm. be like. <laughs> yeah, like mm. there's a crying baby clearly happening right now. It kind mm. of doesn't end all the things that you have going on so anyway um thank you you're the best and i hope you have a wonderful birthday love you too and um yeah we'll chat soon i'm sure have a good day love you hopefully your present arrives today it was supposed to come yesterday but there may be something arriving yeah you're too much you'll see okay bye love you